Hello and welcome to Sad Times, the podcast by sad people for sad people. I'm your host, Alyssa. And today I'm finally going to be talking about Julian Baker's latest album, Little Oblivions. Before the last episode, there were like three weeks of me not posting. I didn't post one last week. I'm like still struggling with, well, okay, one, I'm struggling with like lack of motivation. Um, Two, I'm struggling with um, figuring out like a routine of like when to record and when to edit. Um, I'm still not back in school yet. The day this goes up, it'll be my first day back at school. So hopefully once I have like a set schedule, it'll be easier for me to figure out when to do things because when I'm out of school my work schedule is kind of all over the place and I'm not making excuses I easily could have figured it out um but that mixed the lack of motivation you know makes it a little tough but um speaking of back to school like I said the day this goes up is my first day back and it's also the first day of my radio show first day of the new season which is very exciting maybe I'll post the episodes through like the social medias if you want to hear more of me talking about music and you know you guys can check it out it'll be the last season of the radio show which I'm very upset about and if you listen to the first episode or you know me you know that that radio show is kind of like the gateway into me starting this podcast so yeah it's called emo hour very excited to um be back with that too because I love I love doing my radio show but anyway so yeah, we're going to be discussing Little Oblivions, but I'm going to be talking about that in a little bit. First, I wanted to kind of talk about the music that has come out over the past, I guess, month of me not being consistent with this. Because like last week, um, or the last episode, I should say, when I had a guest, obviously I wasn't really talking about like new music. Like I was just kind of talking to Medical Miracle, which was great, great episode. You should definitely check it out. Um, thank you again to Jaden Richard for doing that. But um Anyway, so yeah, let's let's uh, let's catch up. The same day that Julian Baker put out Little Oblivions was the same day that Charlie Hickey released his EP Count the Stairs, and I've talked about Charlie Hickey on here before. Uh, he's an incredible artist that works with Marshall Vore. Phoebe is on the EP doing background vocals on more than one song, and uh, she lo- she featured him on the Launch Left podcast and. Um, he actually played one of the songs on his EP on that, which is a couple years old at this point. And that song was Two Haunted Houses, which happens to be one of my favorites from the EP. So I highly recommend that you um, check out that song, if not the whole entire EP. I think Charlie Hickey is a really great singer-songwriter, and I'm excited to see what he puts out in the future. No Good at Lying is still like one of my favorite songs off of the EP, even though it was a single. Sometimes I feel like by the time... A piece of work comes out I've like beat the singles to death where I'm like kind of over it but this, that's definitely not the case for that song it's I just really really like it um another really big moment for um you know the indie gays which is like I you know like I constantly say really my my target demographic here um was Lucy Dacus releasing Thumbs I don't think I heard this song live I, I think she only started playing it live it was either towards the end of the Boy Genius tour or after that, and I don't remember, I don't think I heard this live. I should do research and see, well, I don't remember it regardless, but she started playing this live and she made special requests for no one to record it or post it anywhere, 
and everyone kept their wishes, but everyone who heard it live was constantly, I, I would always see it on Twitter, Lucy, when are you going to release thumbs? Lucy, when are you going to release thumbs? And then um, a bunch of people started releasing, v- um, started receiving VHS tapes of the song, which was like really cool. I think there were only a hundred of them. A couple of people I follow on Twitter received the VHS. A lot of people were just saying that they randomly selected people that um, purchased her record through Matador. So that's like really cool. I, I like when artists do that. Like Haley did a very similar thing when she was releasing Flowers for Vases. I don't know. Cryptic things like that are just really fun. But then she wound up releasing the song, I don't know, like a week or two later. I'm assuming that this is the first that we're getting of her her next album. I'm assuming. I could be wrong, but I think that if if it is, then it is an incredible introduction to an album or a new era, I guess. Um, she is such a strong songwriter, and I think that this song is, like, a really interesting perspective of, like, basically it's about daddy issues, but it's, like, which, you know, I'm here for. You know what I mean? I, I relate. Um, but basically this song is um, kind of from the perspective of, like, your friend has daddy issues and like what you wish you could do to the dad, you know? Um, which, which I live for, which like, I'm like, wow, like that's probably how my friends feel about like me and my dad. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Actually I'm not. But, um, to Pitchfork, she said, like most songs I write, I wasn't expecting it. And it made me feel weird, almost sick. It tells the story of a day I had with a friend during our freshman year of college, a significant day, but not one that I had thought about for years. I started playing it live a month or so later during the Boy Genius Tour after Phoebe and Julian encouraged me to. I knew I wanted a long time to get used to playing it since it made me feel so shaky, so I ended sets with it for about half of the shows I played in 2019. Before I played it, I would ask the audience to please not record it, a request that seems to be respected, which I am grateful for. Yeah, the chorus is um, definitely pretty powerful. I'll, I'll read the, the last chorus. I would kill him if you let me. I would kill him quick and easy. Your nails are digging into my knee. I don't know. How you keep smiling, I don't know. How you keep smiling, I don't know. How you keep smiling. And then the outro is, I want to take your face between my hands and say, you two are connected by a pure coincidence, bound to him by blood, but baby, it's all relative. You've been in his fist ever since you were a kid, but you don't owe him shit, even if he said you did. You don't owe him shit, even if he said you did. I don't know, very, very, very heavy, but like I said, an incredible song, and if it is part of the next Lucy Dacus album, an incredible um, introduction and opening to whatever she's about to put out. We also got a new single from Crum called Trophy. Crum is a band that one of my best friend showed me Danny actually I don't know if he's gonna listen to this we'll see if if he if he did then you know maybe he'll like reach out and be like wow thanks for the shout out so this is a test to see if he uh if he's a real one no I'm kidding I don't I don't care if he doesn't listen but um yeah he showed me um one of their songs off Jinx and I really really liked it and I don't know if I've mentioned those on the podcast before but I can be very hypocritical when people show me music like when I show people music and they don't listen to it like I get so like offended <laughs> But when people send me music, like I, it takes a lot for me to listen to it because I'm, I don't know, pretentious and I'm an asshole. 
but um, he played this for me and I was actually pleasantly surprised. And um, I was like, wow, this is actually very good. And yeah, got really into Crumb. And this is the first time that I'm like here for them releasing new music. Does that make sense? Like I found Jinx after it came out. So like this is the, the first time I'm experienced their, experiencing their music as it's coming out. Does that make sense? I think it does, but I'm also explaining it terribly. But anyway, Trophy, definitely check it out. There's also a music video and there's also um, a performance video of them performing it on a roof. So that's great. I almost saw them live. And I didn't for some reason. And I regret it. I I really wish I did. I'm pretty sure that that was at the end of 2019. And that probably would have been my last concert. You know, one day I'll I'll probably see them. Also, I think the lead singer is beautiful. But I'm not sure if she's gay. I get gay vibes, but I'm not sure. Not like it matters. But like I need to know, you know? Also, we got new Spotify singles from Phoebe. Including um, a cover of Summer's End um, by John Prine. And... A new version of Kyoto, which I'll get to in a second. Well, no, no, no. I'll, I'll just say it now. I, this is going to sound, I don't know if this is going to make me sound like bad or whatever, but I'm kind of sick of the versions of Kyoto. Like, I understand that it's the most commercially appealing song. I totally get it. But I don't know. Like, when I, when that was a song for Spotify singles, I was like, because it was right before the Grammys, I was like, okay, like, it makes sense. This is the song that's nominated for Grammys, but I'm just like, I don't know, kind of just, like, over Kyoto. But, like, that could totally just be me being an asshole. Like, I don't know, maybe everyone else loves these versions of it. I don't know. Anyway, wait, so let's get back to the Summer's End cover, which is great. She also um, covered this song on an Instagram Live for Pitchfork last year toward the beginning of um covid when she was like playing songs in her bedroom but getting a studio version of it is great i i will never be over artists doing covers like i i love when artists do covers so much um and i wish that every cover every artist did was always like professionally recorded for my own selfish reasons but um yeah so i was very happy to get a studio version of this and Fast forward to the Grammys, like I said, this was released the week of, and they were doing a John Prine tribute. In my head, I'm like, maybe Phoebe will come out. Like, you know, but she didn't. But um, that would have been everything. Let's talk about the Grammys really quick as well. So Phoebe did not win any, in case you were not aware. And obviously, like, I am a huge, huge Phoebe Bridgers fan and have been for years at this point. But Meg absolutely deserved to win Best New Artist. So... Going into it, I knew that Phoebe wasn't going to win that. Um, and then I think the the other three were all announced in the pre-show. So that was rock performance, rock song, and, al- and album. And I don't know. I was like, maybe, like, she'll, I, I really thought that she'd win at least one of them. But, you know, she didn't. And, like, then once, once I, you know, like, Fiona won, I think, two of the three of them. I was like, okay, that... That makes sense. It's literally Fiona Apple. And um, I'm sure Phoebe didn't give a fuck. Oh, what she tweeted after, um, like, like stop the count or whatever. That was funny. But, um, yeah. But I'm sure she's fine with it. Like, I, you know, as I always say, it's just an honor to be nominated, whatever. But, yeah, it was great to, to just see her there. Like, it really, like, I, I, I've talked about this a lot but it really is just crazy like how big she's become over the past year um 
yeah, it's it's crazy what Punisher what Punisher did. Like the tra- the trajectory of Punisher was just insane. But yeah, okay. Also speaking of the Grammys, the whole WAP thing, the fact that like this is still like a controversy. Like who gives a fuck? Like literally, who gives a fuck? The song being controversial when it first came out, like really fucking pissed me off because I'm like, do not hear every fucking you know, big rap song by men that is, like, the exact same fucking thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, just as explicit and, like, vulgar and, like, degrading and, like, no one says anything because obviously there's a double standard with everything. But, like, I don't know. I don't, like, I fuck, I love WAP. I love Meg. I love Cardi. Also, so, like, everyone flipping out about the performance, like, the performance like, the, that performance was the best performance of the night. I will say Cardi, there were some moments that were lacking. You know what I mean? But let's talk about Meg's little intro. You're going to have people fucking tap dancing. Like, that was everything. And then, you know, then, you know, Cardi had her little thing. Then they started WAP. It, it, it was just, it was the best fucking performance of the night. No, uh, runner up, in my opinion, was Dua Lipa. Anyway, yeah, I just want to say fuck everyone who has something to say about that and, like, you know, ha- it's on network TV and kids are watching. Okay, this is, oh, like, I'm getting, like, really passionate about this. Like I've mentioned on here before, I was a hashtag Barb, kind of still am, but, like, Nikki would always get the same shit, like, from people, like, kids are watching you and, like, you know, you're, you're talking about all this, you know... you're speaking so explicitly and whatever it is not their fucking job to parent your kids if you don't want your kids to hear you know them rap and sing about wet ass pussy then that's on you do you know what i mean also why why are your kids watching the grammys that end at like fucking 11 30 at night like that's on you like that's not their fucking responsibility it just drives me fucking crazy that like that's like the argument and i think it was I think it was Brittany Broski did a video with Trixie Mattel, whatever, and um, I'm a huge um, Drag Race Trixie fan, whatever, um, and she was like, you know, we were singing along to Lil Wayne, like me like a lollipop, and like no one said anything about that, like we've had these very explicit songs, always, you know what I mean, and whatever, just fucking get over it, stop, stop hating women, and move on. Also, all you fucking parents that are mad about it, I'm sure if you go on your kid's TikTok, they probably did a fucking TikTok to WAP anyway. So, like I said, maybe you should, like, look inwards and, like, focus on yourself. And, like, if you don't want your kid doing that, like, talk to them. Don't get fucking mad at Meg and Cardi and the Grammys. Like, fuck you. I don't care. Also, speaking about the Grammys, I don't know if Justin Bieber won any. I should look it up. But... I'm glad that everything that I was paying attention to, at least, like, he didn't win, and I was happy about that, because he, his whole, like, Grammy, like, um, he, when he, he was, like, mad when the nominations came out, because, like, he wasn't up for, like, R&B album, like, shut the fuck up, like, be lucky that you, you know, are being nominated for Grammys when, like, the level of, like, racism and sexism that, like, are heavily like, heavily, like, innate in that culture, like, that is the real issue, fucking yummy not being up for an R&B song is, like, the least of the fucking problems of the Grammys, meanwhile, you have The Weeknd, who released, like, one of the biggest songs of the year, and it, you know, was performed at the Grammy, like, the, 
the fucking Super Bowl halftime got zero recognition. Like, you as a straight white man, I don't care. I don't care. Like, folklore is in a pop album, but you don't see, like, Taylor Swift, flip, like, flipping out about that. Like, just who fucking cares? So I was very happy to see, like, whatever I was paying attention to, he didn't win. But like I said, he could have won other things, and I just don't know. But yeah. I don't know. It just made me fucking mad. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's it for my little catch-up, my little rant. Um, let's get into Little Oblivions. <laughs> As, before I mention that I'm like, you know, I was a little, I kind of fell off with like being consistent with this. I'm really going to try to do this, um, you know, be regular with this. But um, I want to mention that I'm kind of glad in a way that it happened me trying to justify being inconsistent and lazy. Um, I'm kind of glad that it happened the way it did because I knew that the next episode I wanted to do was discussing Little Oblivions. Um, and I'm glad that I kind of had more time to listen to it and live with it because obviously the longer you do that for, the more you, the more you pick up on, the more, I don't know, it, it just, obviously if I just listened to it once or twice and just went into doing a, a you know, you know, went into talking about it, it wouldn't have been as extensive. I don't know, maybe this won't even be that great. Yeah, but I got my little Oblivion's merch on. I don't know if you could even see it, but this is actually the first time wearing the shirt. Um, but yeah, pre-ordered it, obviously. Got, like, the splatter vinyl. You can see, wait, is it, yeah, it's right, can I point to it? It's right there. If you're watching the YouTube video, you can see it behind me. Um, yeah, okay, let's, let's just, um, Let's just talk, talk about this in general really quick. Last album we got from Julian Baker was in 2017, Turn Out the Lights. We talked about Faith Healer, I think, in the, one of the first couple episodes. Um, you know, I, so I already discussed this, but, you know, this is her first time putting out an album um, as a solo artist, but um, with a full band. She was in a band before that, you know, Forrester slash The Starkillers. But, you know, this is her first time as Julian Baker banker julian baker presenting herself with a full band and um i was very excited for it i think that she naturally fits she naturally fits in a band also she literally tracked everything herself like the credits on the album she had she did vocals guitar bass drums percussion and she also produced it and i feel like if i was a musician like i would probably be the same way because i'm kind of a control freak but yeah, it was definitely a big departure, you know, from her first two albums, which were a lot more stripped down, you know, not really straying away from guitar, piano. Yeah, maybe some violin. And then lyrically speaking, it's definitely the most direct she's been about her, you know, her substance abuse and things like that, which I know that she doesn't like to get too specific about, so I don't want to like dwell on it too much because, you know be into like invasive or whatever but um I mean that's always been there in her music but I feel like it just was a lot more raw on this on on Little Oblivions um which we'll get to when we we'll, we're gonna go by we're gonna go track by track and kind of go through everything through and through it's a Julian Baker album you know what I mean you get the highs and the lows and um just peak sad songs just like I feel like all the artists I listen to well that's let me not get dramatic a lot of the music I like are is sad music 
but I feel like Julian Baker's like quintessential sad songs, like very, very emotional, very, very just like I said, just raw. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. So it's like I said, everything I expect from a Julian Baker album. Julian Baker is really the first indie artist I got into. I don't know if I've discussed this before on here. I, I, I just talk so much in general that I forget sometimes what my audience was when I say certain things, <laughs> but yeah, so she was the first artist I really got into and then it kind of opened the door for me to find a bunch of other people, everyone I listen to now really, but her albums have, are, are really special to me, especially Turn Out the Lights. Turn out like I, I found her on Turn Out the Lights, so that and Sprained Eagle kind of go hand in hand for me. Like I was listening to them kind of at the same time, same time period in my life. Um, yeah, they're just really important albums to me, and they were there for me um, throughout. Like I'm trying to remember, I guess it was like a sophomore in college, and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing with my life, and I was like gonna start transferring schools and it was it was a little crazy um, but her music was there for me and really like made me feel better I think 20 I want to say my 2018 Spotify wrapped is either my 2018 or my, my 2019 Spotify wrapped like my number one song was good news by Julian Baker which is definitely one of her saddest fucking songs and it was the year on Spotify wraps where it like went through the seasons like what you were listening to and like the song of the summer for me was good news by julian baker and i remember i went through a phase where every time i got in my car whether i was going to work or whatever i would put that on and just like scream it so that should give you some kind of indication as to who i am as a person yeah i just really love julian baker just want to establish that so faith healer was the first single we got towards the end of last year and really set the scene for everything we're like okay this is what the, what the fuck we're going to get. We're going to be getting her smart ass fucking lyrics because she's like such an intellectual person and we're getting, you know, this full band set up and it was super exciting. Then we got Hardline, um, which is probably, uh, I don't know, might be my favorite single. Might be my favorite single. And Hardline is actually opener of the album, which we're going to get into in a second. Um, then we got Favor, which features Boy Genius, which is super exciting. This is, like, the second Boy Genius feature extravaganza. Well, I guess not including Haley Williams' song. But, I mean, we got them on Graceland 2. We got them on here. And Lucy Dacus, we already know that we're going to be getting them on Lucy Dacus' album, which is super exciting. Also, um, Julian said in an interview that they are trying they avidly try to like get together and we can definitely expect a, like an LP from them, which is super fucking exciting getting a full Boy Genius album because then they'd probably tour again and like everything would be right in the world if Boy Genius went on another tour. But that was super exciting to hear because like I'd be, I'd be happy about like another, you know, EP, but to get like an actual like full length Boy Genius album is everything. I will never get over Boy Genius forming in general. I think that, that, like, we don't, we didn't deserve that. Like, we did not deserve that. And, like, to get it again would just be, would be, would be wonderful. But anyway, getting ahead of myself. Then I think it was, like, two days before the album came out or something like that, or, like, right before the album came out. I, I, I just saw it in passing. There was, like, something, like, you can get early access to, like, you could have gotten early access to Heatwave if you did some. I don't remember exactly what it was. But I purposely didn't do it because I, I don't like to listen to too much of an album before I listen to it because I like the experience of like listening to the full album and kind of listening to most of it for the first time. 
even like when Punisher came out, like I did not want to, like I know like right before it came out, Phoebe um, performed Chinese Satellite on one of like, like on an Instagram live or something. And I like did not listen to it. Like I did not want to hear any more songs from Punisher until I was listening to the full album. I don't know. That's just, that's just a me thing. I'm, I, that I, I just like the experience. I'm, I'm an album person. I just am. It's part of my pretentious nature, but, um, yeah. So I purposely did not go and seek that out. I was just like, let me just wait for the album. Oh, I should also note that we heard, um, song in E on her KEXP section sessions. So I kind of cheated and listened to that, but also I listened to it once. Like I didn't like, I didn't keep listening to it. Um, and two, we also heard Ringside because that was leaked. <laughs> so, like, she, I think she performed it live, um, if I remember correctly, and people, like, released it on YouTube. I don't know if they were taken down. I know, like, the when Phoebe performed her songs before Punisher came out, they were taken down. I don't know if Julian's were. I think they were because I remember going to send them to someone, and they were taken down, but people were posting the lyrics. And I fucking love Ringside, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Anyway, now I'm going to go track by track, talk about some of my favorite lyrics. So she opens up the album with Hardline. Incredible song, like I said before. Might be my favorite single of the three. I don't know why. I don't, I don't want to say I don't know why, but I just mean like just something about it just hits different. I don't know. Um, someone tweeted like, like something about Julian Baker is like that bitch knows how to make a closer. And I totally agree. And I'm going to double down and say also openers. I think the way that... I, the way that her albums are sequenced are always like perfect and the openers and the closers are always like great bookends of the piece of work that she's putting out you know you have sprained ankle begins with blacktop which is a, a sprained ankle is like a, a different level of sad like it's 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 so fucking sad and i feel like starting blacktop and for that album is a great that definitely sets the scene. And then obviously Go Home is probably one of my favorite album closers of all time. Um, definitely one of the saddest songs ever fucking written. And then you have um, Claws in Your Back, which is the closer of Turn Out the Lights and almost like a sequel to Go Home, which is incredible. And like the way that um, Turn Out the Lights starts with like that like overture or over going into um, appointments is great. So I think Hardline is just like the others, a great start to an album. You know, looking at it, it's not really, um, there's not, it's not super wordy. It really is just the two verses. But my favorite, my favorite part of the song is like the second part of the second verse where she goes, say my own name in the mirror and when nobody appears, say it's not so cut and dry. Oh, it isn't black and white. What if it's all black, baby, all the time? So it's like one song in and you're just like, all right, like we're we're doing this. This is a Julian Baker album, and it's gonna be really sad. <laughs> it's gonna be real, real fucking sad. Okay, so Heatwave. What she told um, Apple Music was, I wrote it about being stuck in traffic and having a full-on panic attack. But what was causing this delay was just this car that had a factory defect and bomb style exploded. I was like, man, someone got incinerated. A family, maybe. The song feels like a fall. I was like, wow, I love this slide guitar. And then, like, you know, the first verse starts, I'm like, okay. And then um, once the second verse starts, I'm like, oh, shit. And then the chorus comes on, and I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, we are two songs in. And she's saying, I was on a long spiral down before I make it to the ground. I'll wrap Orion's belt around my neck and kick the chair out. And I was just like, 
this is this is a Julian Baker album. This is a Julian Baker album. And then we go into Faith Healer, which, you know, is, was the first single. We've all heard this one the most for sure. I like what she said to Pitchfork. And she said, mo- um, put most simply, I think that Faith Healer is a song about vices, but the obvious and the more insidious ways that they show up in the human experience. I started writing this two years ago and it began as a very literal examination of addiction. And knowing that we um knowing what we know um you know a couple years ago she was canceling shows and she went back to school and she was taking time for herself um we know that there were a lot of struggles there and we know that there were a lot of things going on for her so hearing what she was going through at that time um obviously breaks our fucking heart um you know breaks our hearts um it's it's so sad she's someone that which is a theme on this album she puts so much good out there and she always is wondering why she gets so many second chances and why she's you know whatever but i think she's meant to do what she's doing and she um is spreading awareness and she's you know a a voice for so many people and i think that that's really important um but but yeah knowing that this is you know what she was going through at that time is just like i think i think a lot of people were speculating that and we were assuming that, but like, you know, to hear it firsthand, you know, everything that she was feeling at that time is just, it's so sad. Fourth track is Relative Fiction, which might be one of my favorite songs on the album. Just for some reason, the, um, when that, when the second verse starts and the drums kick in, I don't know. I just, I fucking, I just love that part. And they, and, the, and like at that point when they kick in and, and when she says, when I could spend the weekend out on a bender, do I get callous or do I stay tender? Which of these is worse? Which is better? Dying to myself, virtually a massacre, a character of society's invention, a martyr in another passion play. I guess I don't mind losing my conviction. It's all relative fiction anyway. <sighs> do you see what I mean when I say like she's so intellectual? Like if you just... If you just, like, had that part clipped and read it to someone, like, they wouldn't sound like song lyrics. Do you know what I mean? Her, like, her syntax, her word choice, like, it's just so... It's mind-blowing. It's crazy. She's just so good at it. And, like, to make that... To make that sound like a song. Do you know what I mean? Like, it takes, like, another level of... Does that even make sense? Like, it's, it's just so crazy to me that, like, the way she speaks can you know, can, like, the, when you take the lyrics and you hear the end product and, like, it, it, it works well. Because there are, you know, songs or artists that are too wordy and you're just like, that didn't make sense there. You know what I mean? Like, that, that was, like, rough. But everything she says, she makes it work and, like, and it works tremendously. So, yeah, shout out to Julian Baker. Um, Relative Fiction, definitely one of my uh, i would say probably like my top three songs of the album for sure um then we go into track five which is crying wolf you know going into this i'm like i know it's a full band album but i hope we get a really really sad piano ballad and of course we do we get you know we get more than one which is great but yeah this is um the first piano ballad we get and uh she told apple music this song it's documenting what it feels to be in a um cyclical relationship particularly with substances there was a time in my life for almost a whole year where it felt like that i think that is a very real place that a lot of people who struggle with substance use find themselves in where the resolution of every day is the same and you just can't seem to make it stick and the song starts with day one chip on your dresser 
get loaded at your house. I ask if you remember. You say I don't know what you're talking about. Swallow the truth. Force the charcoal down my throat. Once, like, like, like I said, this is definitely the most, you know, direct she's been. I'm talking about a day one chip on her dresser. Like, you know, it's just very, like, really putting it all out there. And I'm like a really a slut for piano songs. They automatically grab my attention no matter what. Um, even on her her other albums, like Hurt Less is one of my favorite songs of all time. I don't know. I just I just really automatically gravitate towards those songs. Um, and this is just such a beautiful, beautiful song. And with obviously with very sad lyrics. I don't want to sound like I'm like glamorizing it. But the chorus, because I'm not crying wolf. I'm out here looking for them. In the morning when I wake up, naked in their den. I swear off all the things I thought that got me here. In the evening, I'll come back again. Like I said, just peak sad songs. But I mean, that's sad songs make me feel better. That's, you know, her her mantra. I think that people who don't really like sad songs are always like, well, why would you want to listen to sad songs? They're like, you know, like, you know, it'll make you feel sad or whatever. But like, I personally don't feel that way. I find it very comforting to listen to sad music. That's just my opinion. But whatever, that's, no one asked. Literally no one asked. <laughs> anyway, then we go into Bloodshot. Lyrics from the song are included on the cover of the album. That lyric is, there's no glory in love, only the gore of our hearts, which is a very, um, very powerful lyric. This song is very, um, you know, very, very candid, very specific. You know, you have verse two, five days out from the initial event. It's two kinds of pills to unclench my fist. It's too kind of you to say you can help, but there's no one around who can save me from myself. Yep. Once again, it's a Julian Baker album. Um, and then we have Ringside, which is a, v- a very... It, it, this is also one of my favorites off the album. Like I said, it was a song that we heard before. Um, you know, it leaked or whatever. But I love one of the... I love the, the scratch-off simile that she uses in the outro. Like a scratch-off ticket, how you dig your nails into my skin. Honey, I'm not stupid. I know no one wins this kind of thing. It's just another way to kill an hour, wishing I were different. Nobody deserves a second chance, but I keep giving them. Like, it's just, it's crazy when she uses certain things like this. I'm just like, how would you come up with this? And like, to use it in this way. I don't know, I guess being smart helps with that kind of thing. I, I wouldn't know. Being, she's like literally so fucking smart. Um, I mean, I remember when I first heard shadow boxing off of Turn Out the Lights and I was just like, that whole, like, using that as, like, the center of her, of the song, and, like, that being the song title, and, like, that whole metaphor, like, I don't know, like, I just, that, I had a similar moment when I heard the scratch-off ticket thing, I was just, like, whoa, like, she, like, I I don't know, I, just the way that she uses certain phrases and certain things as, like, a focal point, I don't know, I just, I, I just, I really just thought it was just brilliant, this whole song is just, great you know the first verse beat myself until i'm bloody and i'll give you a ringside seat say that it's embarrassing i'm sorry that you had to see me like that and what she said to apple music was i have a few ticks that manifest themselves with my anxiety and ocd and for a long time i would just straight up punch myself in the head and i would do it on stage it's this extension of physicality from something that's fundamentally compulsive that you can't control 
I can't stop myself from doing that, and I feel really embarrassed about it, but for some reason I also can't stop myself from doing other kinds of complicated self-punishment, like getting into codependent relationships and treating each one of those like a lottery ticket, like maybe this one will work out. It's just, it's, it's crazy when you hear the actual songs and the lyrics and also hearing her speak about it, it just ha- adds this whole other layer, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Um, so we have Favor, track eight, and... Um, this features Boy Genius and what she told Apple Music about this one was I have a friend whose parents live in Jackson where my parents live they're one of my closest friends and they were around for the super dark part of 2019 which is what I was um, discussing before I'll try to talk to the person who I hurt or I'll try to admit the wrongdoing that I've done I'll feel so much guilt about it I'll cry and then I'll hate that I've cried because now it seems manipulative. I'm self-conscious about looking like I hate myself too much for the wrong things I've done because then I kind of steal the person's right to be angry. I don't want to cry my way out of shit. Like I said before, like this is the most direct she's ever been. Um, I, I think I also feel that way like when it comes to also the press of this album. She's definitely more open about things. She's done. I feel like she's done way more press for this album than she did for anything else. Maybe that's just also like her getting bigger. But um, yeah, she definitely is a lot more open than she used to be. This song for me, I always connect to Bloodshot because I feel like it's so specific to the situation that she's talking to. Like um, they almost feel like mini like episodes of a TV show. Like you picture everything that's happening. Like when she says um, in verse two, set on the hood out all night trying to scrape together change. You pulled the moth out from the grill of your truck saying it's a shame. How come it's so much easier with everything less than human? Letting yourself be so tender. Well, you couldn't make me do it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. And like, maybe that's a weird, those two songs are not really connected at all. Maybe, like I said, maybe it's just me. But um, I don't know. They just feel so um, situational. And we have another amazing piano ballad song in E. Um, (laughs) This is just so fucking, this song is just so fucking emotional starts off with i wish that i drank because of you and not only because of me and you're just like and then i could blame something painful enough not to make me look any more weak this is this is what you kind of come to expect when you're listening to a julian baker album you're you're gonna get such transparency you know i like the the endings of verses two and three verse two ends with um i'd say give me no sympathy it's the mercy i can't take and then verse three ends with, I wish you would hurt me. It's the mercy I can't take. I think arguably verse three is probably the most emotional. And it's, oh, I wish you'd come over not to stay just to tell me that I was your biggest mistake to my face. And then you leave me alone in an empty apartment face down on the carpet. I wish you'd hurt me. It's the mercy I can't take. Holy fuck. <laughs> but that I wish you'd hurt me, I feel like is a... Uh, a strong theme in her music like she she wants she really f- is um such a masochist and feels like she deserves like um such pain and such punishment you know can be very relatable <laughs> fans of julian baker know that like outside of her music obviously like i say she's very intellectual but she's also very goofy she's very funny um and i feel like that dichotomy is something that's pointed out a lot it her like phoebe bridgers is someone that's very similar where people are always like wow your music's so sad but you're so funny in real life like obviously people are like you know three-dimensional and like they're not just one thing there's not just like one facet of everyone's personality but um 
when you when you're dealing with when you're reading lyrics and listening to music that's like this that's like this dark um and then you think about the person like Julian Baker like you're just like you don't deserve to feel this way you know what I mean it's almost like this is gonna sound like kind of like creepy maybe not I don't know but it's almost like when like your friend is like really upset about something and like you know or is going through something and you're just like you literally don't deserve this like it makes you like frustrated for like not frustrated at them but like just frustrated in general you're like why do they have to go through this why do they have to deal with this like why do they have to think these thoughts and it's something like similar with you lady we're just like i wish that you you know didn't think of yourself like this she told apple music about this song i would rather you shout at me like an equal and allow me to inhabit this imagined persona i i have where i'm evil because then, if I can confirm that you hate me, and that I'm evil, and I failed, then I don't any longer have to deal with the responsibility of trying to be good. I don't any longer have to be saddled with the accountability for hurting you as a friend. It's something not balancing in the arithmetic of my brain. For sin and retribution, for crime and punishment. And it indebts you as a person, and ties you to them to be forgiven. Which is just like, <laughs> wow. It's it's um it's a lot to un- a lot to unpack. One, if you experienced um any anything like this firsthand, um whether you know through yourself or through another person, you've watched someone um struggle with substance abuse or mental health issues or whatever. Um, this is something that you can definitely relate to. You know, um that like level of like self-hatred and stuff like that it's it's something that is very very real yeah and just the way she articulated that was very very was very good but she's very well spoken um yeah song e is really fucking powerful and then you have repeat which i really love the production of this song i like the i like the dynamics of this song um And the chorus of all my favorite fears turn out to be the gift of prophecy. All my nightmares coming true. Come do my outline in the street. While every night I reenact the same reoccurring dream. Now I'm stuck inside a vision that repeats, repeats, repeats. And then like the, like I love the, uh, the, um, production choices, um, with the the very end of that with the repeat repeat repeats and then it goes into like the little outro of that song 10 out of 10 and i know i keep pointing this out but like now that i'm like looking at the lyrics like it's crazy that looking at it it's it doesn't look like so much on a page yet she sings so much the last two songs are highlight reel and zip tie and i think this is my favorite back-to-back combo on the album i don't know why but i i just i just really really like these two songs um coupled together highlight reel is a really you know interesting um concept and she told apple music i was in the back of a cab in new york city and i started having a panic attack and i had to get out and walk the highlight reel that i'm talking about is all of my biggest mistakes in that part when i die you can tell me how much is a lie is when i retrace things and i have screwed up in my life i can watch it on an endless loop and i can torture myself that way or i can try to extract the lessons however painful and just assimilate those into my trying to be better that sounds kind of corny but it's really just what other options do you do you have except to sit there and stare down all your mistakes every night and every day 
you know, when you're at your lowest of times or when you are upset or you're angry, that is where your mind goes a lot of the time, where you just, like, think of every bad thing you've ever done or every bad choice you ever made. And, you know, that song is just, you know, the song is really just a representation of that. Yeah, verse two. Pulling down a projector scratched in the back of my eyes, hovering over tangled in the power lines. In the chorus, it's a highlight reel. Um, tell me how you feel. And then we have zip tie, which is like... Which is so... I, I don't even know where to begin. Like I said, this bitch knows how to make a closer. And that's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's just so good. She told Apple Music, I was watching people be restrained with zip ties on the news. It's just such a visceral image of violence to see people put restraints on another human being. On a demonstrator. On a person who is mentally ill. On a person who is just minding their own business. On a person who is being racially profiled i had a dark funny thought that's like what if god could go back and be like y'all aren't gonna listen jesus sacrificed himself and everybody in the united states seems to take that as a true fact but then shoot people in cold blood in the street i was just like why when will you call off the quest to change people that are so hard to each other the song opens up with limping like a prodigal son someone got my head in the slums everything i do makes it worse human nature call it a curse Tired of collecting my scars and stories at the parties and bars, trying to find a reason to fight. Someone's got my head in a zip tie. I really like the instrumentation of this song. Um, usually I am drawn to lyrics. That's like always what I say. Like that's definitely the forefront of my list, you know, my listening experience as a music lover. I fucking love lyrics. But every once in a while there are like instrumentation, There, there is instrumentation that really you know, throws itself at me. And this is definitely a song where it does that. Um, verse two, catch me on the enemy line, hawking all the gold in my teeth. Oh, I was disappointed to find out how much everyone looks like me. Um, and then you have the chorus. Oh, good God. When are you going to call it off? Climb down off the cross and change your mind. Good God. When are you going to call it off? Climb down the cross and change your mind. I feel like her closers, you just have to listen to them. But yeah, that's it. That's Little Oblivions by Julian Baker. And it is seriously such an incredible fucking album. And I can't stress enough how impressive it is that she tracked everything. Like, she did everything. She she ha She's just such a talented musician um, across the board. And I have so much love and respect for Julian Baker. Can't wait to see these songs live with a band eventually at some point i hope that if you don't listen to julian baker hearing me talk about it all this fucking time um made you want to go and listen to the album and you absolutely should julian baker like i said is one of my favorite artists of all time and she really put everything into this album and overall it is just so great and so powerful and um um, emotional and just everything that everything and more you could have expected from a Julian Baker album. Um, with all that being said, um, since I just talked about it the whole time, I don't want to make one of my songs of the day, Julian Baker. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my song of the day something else. Twitter got me really into this artist Kylie V, and um, the song of the day is Solace. So I highly recommend you listen to it. I highly recommend you listen to the whole album, honestly. They are so good, and they're only 17, which is crazy. They are an amazing singer-songwriter. I've been listening to their album, Big Blue, a lot. And thanks for listening to me. Thanks for sticking around. And um, 
hopefully, you know, I get better at um, being consistent and not being lazy. But um, as always, you know, stay kind and stay sad.